Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. Ladies and gentlemen, please remain standing for the singing of our national anthem. Let's get Brexit done. My administration has accomplished more than almost any administration in the history of our country. Hello and welcome to Mid-Atlantic, the show where we look at the news and the views from one side of the Atlantic from the perspective of the other. I'm Royfield Brown, who is in the East Bay in Northern California. Today we are joined by TV pundit Laura Babcock in Hamilton in Ontario in Canada, journalist Emma Burnell, who's in uh, North East London, and by public affairs consultant Doug Levy, who's in Marin. Say hello, folks. Hi, guys. Hello. Hello. In a week that has seen the TV networks reluctant to call the US election, we asked what exactly happened on Tuesday, November the 3rd, 2020. After four long, tense days, we've reached a historic moment in this election. We can now project the winner of the presidential race. CNN projects Joseph R. Biden Jr. is elected the 46th president of the United States, winning the White House and denying President Trump a second term. We're able to make this projection because CNN projects Biden wins Pennsylvania. The former vice president in his third run for the highest office, pulling off a rare defeat of a sitting commander in chief. With this victory, Kamala Harris is set to become the first woman and the first person of color to be the vice president. Again, CNN projects Joe Biden will become the 46th president of the United States. And Jake, he is now president-elect. We're going to try and do things a little bit differently this week. Quite simply, it is 8 a.m. Pacific (laughs) time, and which means that it is, what, some 4 o'clock in London and 11 o'clock a.m. Eastern. Joe Biden has not officially been called the winner of the US election, but we all know that he is bar the shouting. So that's where we are. And we're going to try and have um, a conversation to try and go over the runes, try and understand what exactly happened on November the 3rd in this most confusing and contentious of American elections, at least in our lifetimes anyway. 
first off, I think we should come to you, Doug. What's going to be the biggest casualty when we look back at this election result? Is it going to be the polling industry? Is it going to be uh, left-wing politics in the US? Is it going to be the Republican Party? Is it going to be Donald Trump? Go. All of the above. And maybe that's a good thing. The polling industry is really in a bit of a pickle. I'm not entirely sure how they get out of it. I haven't seen enough data yet that comes close to explaining how so many of the polls got so much wrong. Nobody expected the election to be this close in as many states. Nobody expected the Republicans to show as strongly as they have in the Senate races. And the House majority for the Democrats has gone down, not up. There's a lot of introspection that needs to happen. The polling folks need to change the way they do their outreach, clearly, because, and maybe it's a sample size issue. If you do a a national sample survey and your sample is 1,000 or 1,500 individuals, you may wind up with less accurate results than we used to. And at the same time as the polls have been bad, some of the same folks that do the polls also do the the data on the ballot tallies. And that's actually where we've seen some really shining examples of numbers analysis. If there's one good thing to come out of this election, Americans are probably better at math today than they were three days ago. <laughs> Emma, are we potentially looking at the, the shy Trump voter phenomena? We talk of this in the UK some years ago, that people were just a little bit embarrassed to admit that actually they were going to vote Tory. So I know pollsters in the UK always inflated the potential Tory vote, the Conservative vote, by two or three points because... As I said, people were just embarrassed to say that. Do you think that's one of the reasons why Donald Trump, even though he's lost not only the popular vote for the second time, but has actually overperformed in the polls, considering what's happened down ballot? Uh, Possibly. um, We just don't know. I think there's two things that are are happening concurrently here, which is the the shy Trump voter and the pants-wetting Democrats. so the shy Trump voter went out and voted for, for Trump on the day. And then the Democrats absolutely wet their pants because uh, the first results that came out were very, very anti-Democrat. Um, and we knew, we knew because we told our voters for years and 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 years, or at least months and months and months and months, to vote by mail, that their votes would be counted later. And then we absolutely scared ourselves witless about the fact that uh, we weren't winning in the first place. That's not a mistake. Admittedly, we didn't win Florida, we didn't win Texas. Now, I have said all month we weren't going to win Florida, we weren't going to win Texas. But Emma, the surprise for many of us on Tuesday particularly with Florida results. Yes, we knew the day of voting was going to be leaning Trump, but I don't think we were all expecting the turnout on the day of the election to be as strong as it was. And we absolutely did not expect the 
2016 Trump voters to be as solidly still in his camp as they were. So the senior citizens in Florida, again, voted largely for Trump. Plus, the Miami-Dade County Latino population we knew had people who liked Trump, but the disproportionate appeal that Trump had to people who came out of Venezuela, people who came out of Cuba, people who, who came out of other Latino countries other than Mexico was stronger than expected and knocked people a bit off kilter. I think what we all woke up to, though, was a shell shock the next morning, whether or not you bought in or listened to the warnings that it'll be a it'll look like a red wave, then a blue wave, be patient, mail-in voting, all the technical aspects of this. Uh, even We even knew Miami-Dade that Biden hadn't made a lot of inroads there with those different groups of voters that, Doug, you're just talking about. But I think I know how I felt when I woke up the next morning. I, was, I felt as though even though Biden was going to win, and by what looks like the largest margin, or at least the largest number of votes of any president in history, and four million more Americans at this point wanted him than, than Trump, there were still so many Americans that still voted for Trump. I thought to myself, you know what, Biden might win, but he's lost the battle for the soul of America. I mean, how can you say that the soul of America is one of justice and goodness when you have almost half of the country still supporting a man who is amoral and who is mendacious and who is malevolent and, and has done such great harm and has zero respect around the world. And, and I think that, lo that loss of the battle for the soul is what had, I know, a lot of Canadians almost in a sense of mourning. We knew that Biden would probably win, but we just couldn't believe that that many of our neighbors could still vote for such a terrible man. That, that's a great point, but let, let's just hold that point for now. Don't you think, considering that what we've had a hundred and let's say fifty odd million, that for us to focus on Miami Dade is just too much of a forensic look at what's happened in this election? If, and I think we talked about this in in our last uh, podcast, or at least I talked about this in one anyway, um, the Latino community. We should almost stop calling it such. The, this is a disparate set of people who are united by only one thing that maybe themselves or their parents speak Spanish. They come from numerous countries and they have numerous different experiences. So for us to go Miami-Dade, it's somewhat of a misnomer, surely, Doug, because that is not the same experience in Nevada or in Arizona, et cetera, et cetera. But also it, it kind of lumps this one community as, as this one monolith, and, and it's absolutely not. Um, the fact of the matter is that there are people, and let's use the label Latino, who um, not only are they mothers, fathers, but also they are police officers, they're sh small business owners, etc., and have looked past many aspects of Trump and Trumpism, which we might see as being egregious, and says, well, it gave me a tax cut, so maybe I voted for him for that. Or this talk about socialism, well, it scares the bejesus out of me because my mother came from Venezuela or my dad was from Nicaragua. Yeah, that's absolutely right. That is precisely what the polling data is telling us. I, I think two big takeaways from that. One is that Trump and his campaign were highly effective at convincing voters that Biden and the Democrats 
would turn America into a socialist nation and that if they were concerned about safety, they needed to vote for Trump because a vote for the Democrats would be a vote for the people that, you know, the small number of people who have done violence in places like Portland and Minneapolis, never mind the fact that some of the folks who have actually done the violence turn out to be on the GOP side. You know, that message didn't get through. So that's number one. The other one is that the Democrats, even though they had plans that would benefit the Latino communities throughout the country, weren't as effective at talking about those or getting those messages out. I just interject and let us all know that uh, they are calling now Biden as the president-elect. The networks have... Made the- <laughs> 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 Can we keep it out? Just, just briefly. That's right. Just right now. I just got a text and I'm just verifying it on CNN and they've called uh, it. Yeah, Joe Biden is elected president. I'm, I've got CNN behind you guys. Sorry. <laughs> I've got to turn on my TV because this it's is an honor it. to be able to break in with breaking news on this one, guys. <laughs> ah, oh, Jesus. I, it's just such a relief. I, I can't even tell you. Well, but, but we I'm, still I'm have to make it to January 20th. And well, oh, I know, I know, I know. There's so many other obstacles, but can, can I have, second. Can <laughs> have this moment? Where I My have- bottle of President's champagne I got chilling, guys, but go on. Uh, whilst you are uh, sipping champagne, I must admit I'm much more worried about the, the soul of America, a country which I've utterly come America to deeply. Emma, we need to be a little bit more articulate and verbose uh, with our with our re- replies. We can't just say that. We, we need to understand uh, the reason why at least we've arrived at where we are. And I'm not the first person to say this, but election. I was involved in a live Zoom comment along, watch along. And I can't remember how long into it, but it's only a couple of hours in when it was very obvious that this was utterly not a blue wave. And that's before you looked at what's happened down ballot with the Senate and with the House, which is important, but somewhat kind of secondary, is that what this means is that Trumpism is going to live on. What we needed was an utter repudiation of Trumpism, and we haven't had that. We haven't had that at all. And uh, there's many different scenarios, but it's conceivable that, A, you're going to have a scenario whereby the Republican Party in, in the midterms in 2022 will rip itself to pieces uh, with various primary candidates trying to out-Trump each other. Totally, totally plausible. That's a, that's a good thing for the Democrats. It's a bad thing, all in all, for American democracy, I would say, that there is this nativist strain Uh, this Huey Long, George Wallace strain of politics, which is going to be embedded in um, American politics. Because one thing that these uh, post-Trumpers will say, can say, is that, oh, the election was stolen. We know it wasn't stolen. And it's great that people like Karl Rove, the the arch neocon, is saying, no, this is nonsense. The election has been lost. However, there is going to be a conspiratorial wing of that party of American society that is going to say, hmm, it was stolen. And that's going to give fuel to this continued division within American society and within uh, the body politic of, of America. So this is a terrible, terrible result. 
in terms of the raw numbers. Um, where do we go from here? I think this is bad. Doug, tell me, and I'm always the glass is half full. I'm always the person on this podcast that says uh, the news from the front isn't as bad as people think. There's always a sun- sunny upshot. So actually, I cut into you, Emma. So why don't you you go first? You you answer me and tell me the reason why we should be uh, popping open champagne and swigging like there's no tomorrow because uh, ding dong, the witch is dead. The wicked witch is dead. Ding dong, the witch is in fact dead. Um, the witch is dead. You know what? It's hard work being anti-witch. And we've had a fucking awful four years and I think we deserve a night of champagne that's not to say there isn't an awful lot of work to be done um we haven't won the senate we haven't won uh we've we, we were backwards in the house Georgia we're going to have to really really try and win the next uh very unlikely to win the both the Georgia senate race us I just think, can't we take a day to say we've got that fucker out of the White House and we have done it. Biden is, I'm looking at CNN. Van <laughs> Jones is crying. Dan, what are your thoughts? Well, it's easier to be a parent this morning. It's easier to be a dad. It's easier, it's easier to tell your kids character matters. It matters. Telling the truth matters. Being a good person matters. And it's easier for a whole lot of people. If you're Muslim in this country, you, you, you don't have to worry if the president doesn't want you here. If you're an immigrant, you don't have to worry if the president's going to be happier to have babies snatched away or send, send dreamers back for no reason. It's vindication for a lot of people who have really suffered. You know, the, the, I can't breathe. You know, that wasn't just George Floyd. That was a lot of people that felt that they couldn't breathe. Every day you're waking up and you're getting these tweets and you just don't know, and you're going to the store, and, and people who have been afraid to show their racism are getting nastier and nastier to you, and you're worried about your kids. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. 
real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. If you can't celebrate your wins, you can't understand your wins. And that means so much. Yay! Yay us! (laughs) Emma, I was going to let you guys hear the champagne bottle popping. I bought a little Canadian bottle of President (laughs) Champagne, but the bottle popped itself prematurely. So what does that (laughs) tell you? (laughs) In a moment, I hope Emma can share with us some thoughts about how the rest of the, how we repair the U.S. image worldwide. But first, I'm grateful that you all are celebrating, but... Even I'm not if... celebrating, Doug. I'm not celebrating. Okay, You're thanks. in a weird place, Royfield. I don't understand. Well, well no. Emma, Emma, here's something that's really, really important. There's one thing that you did not mention that, that is not only not trivial, but it is actually hugely important. While it's true that the political leadership, other than at the White House, are probably going to accept these results because, by all accounts... The counting has been proper. None of the legal challenges so far has gone very far. The ones that have had a little bit of traction won't make a difference. But we still have a sitting president who is actively trying to undercut the result. I got an email from the Trump campaign about an hour ago that is trying to fire up Trump supporters saying the Democrats are stealing the election. This is the same message we've been hearing for months. But just like I predicted from the start, mail-in ballots are leading to chaos like you've never seen. The radical left is going to do whatever it takes to rip a Trump-Pence victory away from you. I need your help. That is why you have people showing up in Philadelphia with weapons. Um, You have people harassing the ballot counters in Arizona. And that's not going to stop. The damage is not going to stop. I think you could well be right. I think this weekend it is critical. If we don't see um, violence this weekend, I'm more worried about the structural problems kind of go, going forward. At, at a minimum, every single individual who is an honorable civil servant has to walk in fear because Trump has called up his army and in some cases encouraged them. I mean, at one of his rallies, he was actually telling people to, you know, to, to go after the firefighters who were trying to cool them off in the heat. That's not stopping because of this cancer that took over our national leadership. And it's going to take a long time to tamp that down. And that is really, really scary as a citizen of any place, but in a democracy especially. We should be protecting each other, respecting different ideas. And that's the opposite of what Trump and his people are doing. And even if Fox News has come around to recognize that Trump lost, 
there's still 70 million who voted for Trump who are going to believe him when he says you've got to go march and demand that the results get corrected. Okay, so I'm John, I, no, I just have to weigh in for a second here. 70 million of yeah. them will, will go out and do that. So I don't want to in any way negate or dismiss all the concerns that we have all had and talked about. Uh, and they are real concerns. You know, if you look at the editorial cartoons this morning in Canada, they are of that very violent scenario right across our open border. We are we are very scared that the Trump movement uh, will only be emboldened by the conspiracy of the vote counting and the mail-in ballots, and they will only be more in fealty to their dear leader. Yeah. I just want to say, though, the reason I'm popping the cork, and you can hear, I swear, pop, corks popping all over this country right now, is because... Our children look at my, in my case, our children singularly look at Biden as restarting, re-entering the Paris Accord of taking on climate change, of hopefully expediting the at least uh, reduction, flattening the curve of cases of COVID that our cousins are suffering in the U.S. and that seems to be dragging down the world. I mean, even though all those other things are true and the next three months are going to be incredibly difficult and Biden won't deliver on everything and he's no panacea to the problems of America, there are a couple of values that he holds true, including being a decent human being that for my children to see as the leader of the world, someone other than a lying racist, wholly toxic dump of crap. It is a moment of exhilaration. All that other stuff has to be worked out for decades. But I'm telling you right now, ain't nothing going to stop me from celebrating this for the sake. And I can't wait to tell my children when I pick them up from their class and let them know that, you know what, our long international nightmare is over. Well, we've got to make it to January. I want to be in your garden with your children. Laura, you, you do make me feel a little bit shamefaced. Right. And, and I repeat, I am always a Sonny Opelens type type of person in any debate. And I real, but I realized oh, in oh, the oh, last four years, uh, because beca I'm, I'm trying to work out how we've arrived here with the last four years being as egregious as it has been. And this utter odious man uh, being the most powerful man uh, in the world and how everything that he's done, whether it is having children separated and locked up in cages on the Mexican border through to um, praising the good people who were neo-Nazis in Char Charlottesburg, through to um, not addressing the legitimate concerns of, of African-Americans and how they're treated by the police. You don't have to agree with everything that Black Lives Matter just to say these people have a point or at least they feel that they have a point. It goes on and on and on. Is utter lack of empathy that still we have a relative squeaker of an election. Uh, Hillary Clinton beat Donald Trump by some three million plus votes. At the moment, it looks like Joe Biden is going to win by four million plus votes. Everything that's happened in the last four years, rough maths, and this is not at all scientific, but only one million more Americans basically agreed that it was time that, um, for America to get off this course. It's utterly dreadful. And we have a multi-part problem here. Number one, we have the immediate future. And yes, the Murdoch press and Fox News, etc., are basically saying, Donald, you've lost lose with grace. That's great. But still, he still has the, the, the power of the bully pulpit and to be able to say to his sycophants and neophytes, 
the election has been stolen and some people will jump in their pickups, get their guns and will wave them around. However, I do believe that the threat of immediate violence is probably receding. Then we have what past interference is he going to um, display to the uh, handing over of power between now and January the 20th? He has a whole load of tools at his disposal to rubbish that transfer of power. Then, and arguably much more importantly than that, is whether it's 20%, 25%, 23%, just whatever the percentage is, there is going to be a percentage of American adults who will not accept this result going forward. Now, that doesn't mean that they're going to resort to violence, but they've rejected the wider civic liberal norms that govern America and American politics. That's what Trump has massively exposed here. They are authoritarian. I'm going to jump and just say that they're racist because I think we have to be really careful that the language that we use going forward... I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Phil. They are racist. I I think we have to be really careful going forward as to how we label these people. I would say they are anti-civic, they are uh, authoritarian, and there's a whole load of other words which I would actually use. But if we're looking at healing, if we're looking at building a coalition of Americans which are going to be inured to this right-wing extremism, to go and just label them all as racist, it's just going to push them back into their lager quite literally. So we have to be careful. So, so I am, we have to then say, why is it that a lot of these people have voted against their economic interests? Why is it that the, this that socialised medicine is so scary to them? The one thing that would benefit them, they would actually vote against. Why is it that um, a woman on the ticket for the other party, a woman of colour on the ticket of the other party, so scary to them. What There's a whole load of factors which we have to look at. And then, and the other thing here is, we have to seriously analyse this and say, there was down-ballot voting of which, let's say, country club voting Republicans, the more traditional conservative Republican says, hmm, I don't like this Trump fella, but you know what? I quite like my Republican senator, quite like Lindsey Graham, quite like uh, this Congress person. I quite like this QAnon person. But you know what? That buffoon right at the top. No, the Democratic Party has to have a massive reckoning. So I've done quite a few things here. There's the immediate what's going to happen this weekend. And I think the chances are we're going to get through the weekend somewhat unscathed. There is January the 20th where maybe the gentlemen in the dark suits, the generals need to tap Donald Trump on the shoulder if they haven't done so already. And the people in the media, like it looks like Rupert Murdoch has done and says, oi, mate, right, you're going to leave this place with dignity. If you think you have any level of a legacy, leave with dignity. But there could be a scorched earth policy whereby government is gutted, burnt down by Donald Trump. But maybe sane heads will say, you best behave because when you have gone, the amount of legal challenges against you will just multiply. 
So, so there's that. But more importantly than all that is the future of American politics. Because you know what? I quite love this place. I love this country. And that, for me, is the biggest, biggest, biggest problem. The Democrats have failed. We've had an oaf, a buffoon, an idiot, right? Somebody who so obviously couldn't do the job for four years act in this disgusting way on the world stage. And literally 50% of Americans says, that's our guy. Okay, so let's talk about that for a second. Why did they say that? I, if you want to boil it down to self-interest, I think that Trump gave some really good value propositions from a salesperson, flim-flam artist kind of a way. For some people, the true Trumpist diehards, he created a cult of personality. He alone could fix it. It was messianic language from the get, and he knew exactly how to do it. He'd been listening to talk radio, listening to the grievance politics, and built an, a narrative with Bannon and, and others that was going to say to them, you know what, all the problems that you face are the fault of others. Uh, I am going to shut down the competition by shutting down the borders. I am going to, you know, fix everything for you, even though obviously he did not. Uh, and that's very appealing. If you feel, I said four years ago, the morning after the election, that America was hurting, suffering, and that they went with the experimental drug therapy, which was, which was Trump instead of the tried and true, which would have been Hillary. And you know what? That experimental drug therapy has killed hundreds of thousands of them, you know? And so it is shocking to see that some of them still want to go with it. So beyond the Trump or true believers, Look at the country club Republicans. Look at the chambers of commerce. There are so many reasons why a guy like Trump, who got justices on the court for the evangelicals and deregulated for big companies and, and you know, and, and was pushing to get businesses back open for so many business owners, that's appealing to them. They don't want to go into a possible lockdown. They don't want to lose whatever economic recovery they're seeing. And when Trump, I think we, we don't talk about enough, the October surprise when Trump got COVID and then came out as superhero Regeneron man and was able to turn COVID into a transactional issue and not an existential threat. What that did was say, you know what? This guy actually survived COVID. We all will screw the Democrats and all of their concerns. Let's open up the economy and let's let's just go for it. That is appealing when you own a business. So I don't want to just re relegate them all to you know nasty, racist, or ignorant or whatever. Sure, there is a bunch of them that might be, uh, but I think there was a lot of other value propositions that Trump gave. Plus, the people who would never ever vote for anyone other than a Republican because it had been a generational thing for them. So I just don't want us to you know just limit it down to oh my God, what's wrong? With 50 million Americans. I think there is a lot of nuance to why Trump got the vote. But let's remember, even the Republicans did well down ticket, better than we thought, and held on to the Senate. Exactly. Uh, and those Republican values are good. They still repudiated Trump by 4 million more for Biden. So, so let's, let's bifurcate it between Trump, the man, and the Trump sales position for the Republican Party. And, and I think that had appeal. Trump, the man, you know, was disgusting enough that 4 million people booted him. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I, I, I could not agree with you more, Laura. Seriously. We've all yeah. gotten so emotional. The most generous thing that I think you can put at Trump's door in terms of what he gave people was a sense that, you know what, the world isn't that complicated and I can fix things. And I think that's really powerful. And it kind of goes from what, to what you were saying, Laura. The world isn't that complicated. I can fix, fix things. And you want to know what? There's some people bitching about some stuff, but it ain't your fault. 
Well, don't we all want to hear someone just absolve us of all responsibility? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so that's so in terms of when you distill Donald Trump's message, you know, it really came down to that. You know, I've got the solutions for stuff. The world isn't that complicated. You get on, do your thing. Nothing is really your fault. You've got no responsibility for anything. March on. Do your thing. And you want to know what? I look like you. You look like me and I look like you. Incredibly powerful, seductive message. And there is also one thing which we haven't ever really acknowledged. Donald Trump has a level of charisma. It doesn't work on me. It doesn't work on anybody who I will sit down and break bread with. But it does work on a lot of people. I've always been struck, I should say. I've got cousins in, in, the, in the UK who don't follow politics as closely as I do. And quite often they'll say, he's a bit of an idiot, isn't he? But I quite like him. We hear this all the time. There are the amount it's of books... Go on. He's losing. Uh, and losing in the popular vote. We are rightly looking at how, where we're losing and, and why. This whole idea that he is some genius that wins over all the people. He's losing again in the popular vote. Yeah, so his father, if you read Mary Trump's book, um, you know, or, or famously otherwhere, his father always said, you're two kinds of people in this world, killers or losers. And obviously Trump is right now an absolute loser, a loser for the history books. Uh, a first term president who was absolutely routed by his competitor getting the most votes ever cast for any president ever. So Trump is a loser. The question is, who gets to him to get him to acknowledge it? We saw Laura Ingram last night, I think part of the Rupert uh, Murdoch family plan to get Trump to step aside so that there's not chaos in the streets and they don't all lose a bunch of money. Uh, we have we have her saying, you know, you're, you're a hero and people will always believe this was stolen for you. Oh, now you're going to be a superstar. I mean, they are trying to literally convince this mad king to leave his office and admit that he failed. And they're having to do it through television because the staff around him are terrified, right? I mean, it's craziness. I put up a poll on Twitter that said, which Shakespearean tragedy most relates to this? And somebody said, you know, Shakespeare didn't write about democracies. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> we are in such a terrible place from that perspective. Your, 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 your Twitter correspondent is right so but the point here is this we have now as a world the it feels to me as the first biggest smile i've had i think in at least uh, at least eight months since covid started if not four years of actual complete like i can breathe again we have all been carrying the boulders of this man yeah. the toxicity the daily comms that we all have to track, just this constant deluge of gaslighting and lying and abusiveness and PTSD triggering for so many of us to have Wouldn't this. It be nice this when, we, when, when, when we get to talk about actual policy. Well, this is the thing. I mean, just imagine, guys. Imagine, look imagine at how something. boring our podcast is going to be. We, we can go back to actually at night. About, not, not, not some random idiot being totally random. Well, here's the thing about uh, the difference between Canadian policy and, and, and UK policy. Well, here's the thing, guys, is that, you know, uh, we are still going to face 
all of the challenges that Roy Field so well itemized about America and all the concerns that Doug have Doug has being there. I, I, I don't want to be unsympathetic to it. I'm not trying to be um, Pollyannic in any way. What I, I do think, though, is as John Legend said, you know, we got a big list of things to fix after this election, but can yeah. we just take the box on this one, this gargantuan box? We now have- Let's do that. Least, Let's do that. Can we please <laughs> take the win? <laughs> you know, we at least can stop that blowhard of- so tired of lefties not taking the win. No, uh, that, 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 that's not a charge which can be normally leveled at my door. <laughs> It's not normally, 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 no. And hence, I started this by saying, I am so, the glass is half full, 99.9% of the times. I always look for the silver lining. You half of this podcast, you... I, I do disagree, in part, with what, with what you've said there, Laura, in that um, we don't have to listen to... Uh, the lies and, and whatever going forward. There's still much more to come. Let's well, we say the same level of import, right? So if I'm a communications pro, I spend all day watching messaging. And when somebody loses power, stature, respect, etc., their words, although inflammatory, and there's still a lot of chaos he can cause, they, they carry less weight. He is lame duck and he may flail and he may be dragged out by the Secret Service and we might be up for the, the best reality show any of us have ever seen. But the fact of the matter is, yeah, whatever he says now, okay, what is Biden saying about it? Whatever his team is saying, yeah, what's Biden's transition team saying about it? You know, whatever the world I'm is- I'm looking beyond January the 20th. I'm looking way beyond that, way beyond that. No, 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 no. Donald bad. Trump, Donald Trump, in a way, we are blessed by the fact that there isn't a cohesive political ideology to Trumpism other than nationalism, being white and bellicose uh, shouts of America. If that man had any real idea of how to coalesce these various strands, it would be incredibly dangerous. However, there's enough of the virus of Trumpism out there that it infected that Tea Party fringe. Nobody here, no, we don't hear the expression of the Tea Party anymore. It's Trump supporters. That, that, str that strain was, was there in American politics historically. And I said George Wallace in, in the 60s, Huey Long in, in the 1930s. It's been there. We all thought it was dead. And maybe it was Newt Gingrich that actually uh, reanimated that corpse and be, and he's been festering away in the right fringes of the Republican Party. And then all of a sudden you get this brown coloured president and it just, apart from just being this kind of, I don't like the way America is going fringe, it burst out onto the stage and we called it the Tea Party. I don't agree that we all thought that was gone. I, I think that we knew that- In terms of, I'll give them a historical sweep. Anyway, just, just let me just bloviate and then I'm just gonna just step back, right? Donald Trump has given form to that nativist strain of American politics and has told them that- um, Okay, can I jump in on a couple of things? You keep talking, historically, 
I, I just do not think that we've ever lost in America. It might have been slightly quieted down, but the Tea Party was a thinly veiled thing about taxes. It was always the same thing. I mean, it's always- Absolutely, I agree with you 100%, Laura. Okay, you asked me earlier, you said you were looking forward beyond the transition phase. Fine, let's look forward. What does Trump do? Eventually, kicking and screaming, they drag him out. But what he does, if not through Fox, through Trump television or some other media empire, he might not be smart enough, Royfield, to bring together all of the parts of his potential coalition of chaos. But his handlers are the court, if you will. He's got an Iago or whatever. You know, they know what they're doing, right? They are going to bring together. They are not going to lose one dollar from these Trump supporters who will continue to buy their swag. They are not going to lose one opportunity to sell any media to them. And there, it might be Trump television. Who knows what it's going to be? Tucker Carlson is being groomed to be the candidate. Or we can look at uh, Trump Jr. They are never going to let this dynasty go or this this concept of of a Trump. Uh, uh, you, uh, you know, making my point. That's what I'm saying. The, I know, we're, but we're, what we need to say is that we're celebrating. Dan Rather just tweeted, "This is a new chapter it's for not, America." It's it not is. a new chapter. It's not a new yeah, chapter. Yeah, yeah. But you know, okay, Doug, Doug, you've been rather quiet, Doug. Yeah, I'm just trying to absorb all this. I, I guess I'm more apprehensive because I see how much bad stuff yeah. that the Trump people are doing. And, you know, they had to see this coming, obviously. And, you know, within minutes of the networks declaring Biden the winner, the Trump campaign put out a statement saying, you know, Joe Biden is rushing to falsely pose as the winner. And it's a conspiracy by the by the left leaning media and that uh, the election's not over and they're going to keep fighting. Now, they're not going to get very far because the margin is clear. But we've got people who have shown up at county government seats with weapons. Yeah. Yes, chapter guys, you have a, a woman of color as vice president in the White House. If that's not a chapter for the world, if, if that doesn't affect a generation of girls across the world about women in leadership, we have to get there. I think what Doug is saying is that we have to get there and we're not there yet. Trump is still the president until January 20th at 11.59 a.m. And the power of the presidency is enormous, as we've yeah. seen, especially when you have a Republican-led Senate that has been unwilling so far to stand up to this president. McConnell said to count all the votes, right? McConnell came out right away. He wasn't going to play into that idea that democracy is going to be thrown out just to save this guy because all the Republicans stayed on their tickets. They won. So they now have the balance of power. I will agree with you. The Republicans now who have won term they they will still play some games around the mad king because they need they don't want him to sort of cause them problems but i just call me you know what call me an optimist i think that trump's power yes he has it but think about all the things he might try to do executive orders or start a war or whatever there are people around him some people at least in the military ranks we know who took an oath to protect the constitution and i think that that may just and even the supreme court if it ever winds its way there in some weird iteration we haven't figured out yet even they have taken other oaths than to solely protect this man so 
I, I just, in this moment, I, I look at it and I see there is another president in the waiting that will have briefings and have a certain sense of power and that will balance some of what Trump can get away with and the rats will jump ship and they'll try to get on Biden's good graces. I just don't think, even though there's stuff in the streets that is very, very worrying, uh, I don't want to give Trump more power than I think that he realistically has, even as a lame duck president. I don't think he's got a lot of friends in high places and I don't <laughs> think that they're going to do anything for him. Laura, I think you're putting too much faith. You know, I'm not particularly worried about the military doing something illegal, but I mean, worst case, the president is still commander in chief. But I'm actually thinking far more nefarious than that and totally doable. While we haven't been looking even this week, the Trump administration has been doing things like ousting the person who oversees the agency responsible for safe disposal of nuclear waste. Uh, there have been other regulatory changes pushed through. There are some regulations that they've published that would actually take effect, I think, on January 19th, that would give the president enormous power to do things as he's going out the door. And because there's been so much noise at the top, you know, things like the Supreme Court nomination issues, People aren't paying attention to the nuts and bolts running the government part. That's where there's been enormous damage. Now, Biden knows this stuff, but Biden has no power to stop this until January 20th. But he can expose it. He can work work it. He can get lawyers on it. They can start to pull apart Trump's power base. It doesn't change who's got the presidential authority. I, all I'm saying, Doug, is that now it's not just us all against this man. Now there is a legitimate, empowered transition team that is coming in with access prior to today they didn't have, that has lawyers that are clearly smarter than anything Trump's got on his side. And we've already seen a whole lot of people of power in different government institutions so Biden is, he might not be a fan of the, the left, might not love Biden, but Biden is a guy that most people think is pretty decent and pretty smart and will probably get their economy stable and will probably get things fixed. And I think that we're, I just don't feel as though we are on our own watching this Trump nightmare anymore. And so just try to pepper in, you know, 10% transition team power to balance the chaos we've been witnessing for four years. Take a little hope in that if you can. There's no question that the machinery of government is has already been ready for this and a lot of stuff is going to happen just fine. I mean, look at how smoothly the FAA and the Secret Service acted, um, you know, two days before the race was called, you know, very quietly. It is the Secret Service. But those of us who follow these things noticed that all of a sudden the restricted airspace over Joe Biden's home changed. Hmm. The next day, you could see a much larger contingent of security. So the machinery of government does still function, but it's really important. You, you, you might even say, Doug, it, it's it's the deep state. It's the deep, deep state that have basically said, you know, we're not waiting for Fox or for ABC or NBC to call this. We actually know who uh, has actually won this election. And yes, that was going to be one of my points that uh, that actually... I really resent that you use a term like the deep state, even though you're using it sarcastically. What it is, it's professionals who are expert at what they do, and they're doing it in spite of the president. And that's fabulous. I'm, that's the one thing that has kept us reasonably safe mm -hmm. these four years. 
which is which is also the, one of the reasons why I said uh, at, at kind of at the start of the show when I was outlining the three different specific phases of this problem is that I'm not saying that there's nothing bad that can happen in the transition period. I'm not saying that at all. And you, Doug, can speak very eloquently about the minutiae of the, the mechanics of government, which I just don't know. But I do believe that, um, as I said, in Britain, we call it the, the, the men in dark suits. But those, whatever the equivalent is in, is in America, whether it is an amalgam of Republican Party grandees with uh, the military, with media people, etc., just whatever, if they haven't already started tapping Donald Trump on his shoulder, that they, they will, and they'll just and they'll st- slowly start taking away the keys of power from him. I hope. My, right. Yeah, my big worry is. January the 20th, moving on. Let's say that the Democrats win one of these special elections in in Georgia. Let's say they win both of them. American politics is on a knife edge for the next two years. That's not good after what we just had. After the last four years that we've had, and 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 I understand, one second, one second, Emma, one second, Emma, and I understand that on a personal level, Joe Biden, arguably, you can make a very strong argument, is the right politician for this phase of American politics for the next two years because he is Mr. Bipartisan. He is a senator through and through, and and he's got deals done. And actually, many people say that he has a personal relationship with Mitch McConnell. They actually get on with each other. So you could actually say, if you want to start healing America, to have Uncle Joe Biden in the White House is actually the right person. I was an Elizabeth Warren fan. I was a whoever fan. And somebody took to the left of Biden. I will concede that if Elizabeth Warren had had this squeaker of a victory, in terms of getting the hackles up of... 49% of Americans, she would not have been the right person. And that's who I think should, should have been the president. So, well, the, the vote tally, I appreciate that when it all boils down and you actually look at it, it could be Biden by 306 electoral college votes, right? But actually, you look at the, the vote tally of somebody who was literally got- burnt down american norms he was pissed all over the notion of being everybody's president somebody who has been so nakedly selfish so nakedly self-serving who has gone out and consorted with america's traditional foes to um america's strategic position in the world right who has belittled um America's friends, uh, true friends around the world, who has not addressed people of colour and their grievances. You know, it just goes, uh, the, the amount of nepotism. Uh, you know what, I just, I am so angry and I'm so upset. And we have to... voice on this one thing that you and Doug uh, have not brought into this conversation yet, and I understand why not. You're on your laptops, and I'm I'm listening, but I'm also watching coverage. Right? We are not talking about the people. 
In fact, you know, they came out and voted in record numbers in a pandemic and waited in line for eight hours, like some country that has never experienced well, democracy and importantly, most of them voted by mail. And you know what, guys? But here's the point. Is and that- that, that's the point, is that we, we, we go, oh, my God, all these people voted for Trump. And then it turns out all these people actually voted for Biden. Um, we just have to cool. wait for them to vote. But they're still there. They're not going to let Trump just do anything with America for three months. They're still the largest turnout ever for a U.S. president, the largest vote ever that will not just roll over and let Trump wreak havoc for three months. I just. Well, I I, I literally I literally don't care about the next three months because I think he will be out by January the 20th. My, My point is, is going forward after the, you know, from January the 20th going on there's going to be a two-year period which is going to be crucial in the history of america utterly crucial just like um historians will study 2020 historians we know are going to be looking at the period of 2016 to 2020 the future of this great country i would say comes down to what happens between january the 20th and the midterms in 2022. Will depend on what happens between now and January 2020. 20, 20, right. On that note, right. Um, I'm, I'm calling time. Uh, it's my podcast. So I'm going to say this takeaways of the last seven days. Uh, we've run over, uh, folks. And um, one of the reasons why we've run over is because um, you can clearly see there was little structure to, to the show um, <laughs> uh, previously and I actually have another podcast to do in approximately uh, 40 minutes so uh, it's that time where I say to my co-hosts um, please make me happy please make me get back to my normal levels of Roy Field effervescence and which is generally sunny uplands Laura Babcock your eloquent you are uh, passionate and uh, nearly always quite positive. What's been your takeaway the last seven days? Patient. We have had to learn patience through COVID. We've had to learn patience through watching this election and waiting. It has been the longest five days of the longest four years that I can recall. And what I think it does for the world, for our kids, for everyone is to say, when it all looks dark, when the dark winter is coming, when COVID numbers are at their absolute highest, when it feels as though these populist, anti-democratic, even uh, I'll go to authoritarian regimes are taking foot around the world, when it feels as though there is very little to get up for in the morning, if we have patience and do the right thing and continue to believe in our values and to promote those values tirelessly, then we will see moments like this moment, which uh, we have a woman of color who is going to be a breath away from the presidency, a heartbeat away in the White House, that changes the world. We have decency returning to the biggest microphone on the planet, that changes the world. And so I have learned in the last week that despite how dark the horizon looks, if I have patience, there will be light. Emma Burnell. I can't, I can't beat that. Um, I've been reading a lovely book this week, um, 
it doesn't have modern language, I would say that. Um, the, the, the words it uses for a child with um, mental health issues is not modern, but it's beautiful and it's called The Innocence by Marjorie Sharp. And it's just uplifting. And I think we need a little bit of uplifting right now. Um, so I, I have been uplifted by this book. Poignant and, and, and that's enough. Uh, Mr. Doug. Well, I think it's going to be an interesting couple of weeks for sure. I am cautiously optimistic. I'm certainly feeling better than I did a couple of days ago about the future <laughs> of our country. I, I also think that one of the blessings I hope to come out of this is many Americans, not, not enough, I'm sure, but many Americans got a good lesson in civics this week um, and perhaps have a better understanding of how our process is supposed to work and if we come out of this with a higher level of citizen participation in our democracy, then everybody wins. 100%. Mm. That's amazing. That, that is the best lesson, Doug. Absolutely. Um, I started watching, I think it's season four of Fargo. It's the, the last one anyway, the one with Chris Rock in. And um, I love the movie Fargo. I love the Coen brothers. Um, I love their quirky kooky sense of place but the this, the series uh, Fargo is not directed by the Coen brothers but it just feels like so much of a continuum. Chris Rock plays this gangster character and he says uh, whilst giving grace he says Lord our journey has been long but we thank you because that long and winding and hard journey has given us wisdom. Lord we've had mountains to climb but we thank you for putting these mountains in our way because it has made us strong. And um, boy, oh boy, uh, oh, yeah. do we need to uh, distill those uh, wise words. That's been us, folks. Uh, I'm sorry uh, if I've been a little bit of a Debbie Downer. Um, but oh, boy, I, I, oh boy, you have been perfect. I do believe, honestly, that uh, the hard work is, is, is yet to come. I wish President Joe Biden President-elect Joe Biden, all the best. And uh, it's good to see uh, another fellow Jamaican there who's going to be uh, a heartbeat away from the presidency. That's uh, Kamala Harris. That's been us, folks. It's, uh, it's Mid-Atlantic, and uh, we'll see you all again next week. Well, we will um, hopefully try and put the world to rights. And Emma Burnell is uh, giving us a fist salute there. Take care. Look after yourselves. Left of centre politics is, is right politics. Love you all. Love you. Virtually sending you champagne, guys. <laughs> Tacky bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Start spreading the news. Trump's leaving today. He wants to be apart from it. New York, New York. Go tell the fake news. He's longing to stray Just like he's done on every wife Who know dose and trace I want to wake up in a city without a trunk And let him stay in Palm Beach At his tacky gold dump 
his W-2s are holding the clues of all the sleazy deals he's cut in old New York. Trump's time now, here is done. I hope he takes his sons and Rudy to New Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.